should not believe that. Hello, this is Melissa Libby, and welcome to Mom Treading Water. What is a good mom? We hear mom's parents say, I want to be a good parent. I want to be a good mom. Heck, I know that I say that all the time. But what does it mean? What does it actually mean to be a good mom? Before we get into all of that, if this is your first time listening to Mom Treading Water, thank you for joining us. If you are returning, thank you for sharing your time with me. I would love to give a special thank you to folks who have taken the time to rate, review, share, and subscribe to Mom Treading Water. It's so important because it improves the analytics as well as help grow Mom Treading Water. So please, if you could rate, review, subscribe, share, all of it, some of it, I appreciate whatever you are able to do. I'd like to also give a special thank you to MIK88888. Here is the review. Positivity, five stars. I needed this today. I felt feeling uplifted. Sometimes we all need to know that our imperfections make us who we are and that they don't define us. Love Melissa's take on the world. MIK88888. Thank you so much for taking the time to review and rate Mom Treading Water. If you haven't already, please be sure to join our Facebook group under the name of Mom Treading Water. Follow us on TikTok and YouTube. I will include all those links in the show notes. Also, momtreadingwater.com is up. I am continuing to add new content, but please check it out. Join the weekly newsletter for any updates. Greatly appreciate your help. With all of that said, let's start talking about what is a good mom. Let's call it for what it is. Being a mom, being a parent, is not an easy gig. I don't think it matters the age of your children. It's not always easy. In the spirit of mom treading water, I wanted to learn more about this. So I reached out to some of my favorite moms, some great mom groups on social media, and asked them, what does it mean to be a good mom? Some of these answers might surprise you and maybe even give a little bit of a sigh of relief, especially if you have little ones like myself. What I came across is that a lot of the moms had very similar sentiments, so I took all that information and consolidated into about 25 characteristics of what actually makes a good mom. I'm going to read through my summary, and this is in no particular order. Teach by example. And yes, I completely agree with this. Episode 13, Kids See, Kids Do, We Teach by Our Own Behavior for Good or for Bad. I will include that link in the show notes, but this is exactly what it's talking about. Our actions speak louder than our words sometimes. Number two, accept your child's true self. You need to let your kids be who they want to be. I think we've all had experiences in life where someone or a group of people, they expect you to be something different than you are. And all that leads to is unhappiness. Support your children in what makes them happy adults. 
think it very similar to number two. It makes perfect sense. Number four, offer guidance, but let them make their own choices. Number five, let them know you will always love them. Such an important one. What a scary thought for a child when they feel they can't tell you something because they think you're going to disown them or you're not going to love them. Show patience with your children so they learn to be patient. And this is something I have to work on consistently. Create a judgment-free relationship so they know they can always come to you. Adjust your parenting as your children enter new stages of their life. Avoid making your fears their fears. And how very, very true. That's another one I struggle with. I think about Michaela specifically because that girl has no fear. She loves the adrenaline rush of, of danger, of taking risks. And I have to remind myself, I do need to let her do some of those things as long as it's not going to be huge harm to herself or anyone else. Allow them to fail to help them succeed. Forgive your children when they make mistakes. Absolutely another important one. In episode seven, exactly what I'm talking about. It's called Not Raising Mini Jerks, Apologizing and Forgiveness. Be an advocate for your child. There are times that your child doesn't know how to speak up for themselves. And it's our job as parents to teach them that, but also to speak up if they are in a position where they are unable to speak up for themselves. Believe in your child. This one, I think, is so critical. Because if you don't believe in them, it's going to be so much harder for them to believe in themselves. Establish that your child is in control of their own body. We do not make our children hug and kiss people they do not want to. We do ask you to be polite. When you ask children to physically touch someone when they do not feel comfortable doing it, you're teaching them to go against their instincts. We have a rule in our house. If we are tickling you or having fun goofing around, and if you say stop, doesn't matter if you're saying stop and you really you think you don't mean it, it is stop. It is hands up, stop. Happily, I can tell you my son has practiced that with someone else. They were tickling him. He told them to stop. They said, well, what are you going to do about it? And he said, I'm going to tell my parents if you don't stop. I was so happy and so proud of him. Our actions matched our words. We made sure we acknowledged that he did a great job and he did the exact right thing. So it also in turn goes back to the other point is that you need to be an advocate for your child. And I explained to the adult, yes, he absolutely did the right thing by telling us. Laugh and have fun. It's so easy to get caught up in the everyday schedules, the running around. We don't stop and take a break and just laugh and have fun and be silly and giggle. It's one of the reasons why we do our best to have family dinner with no screens whatsoever. It's so we can talk and know each other and laugh and have fun. Cry in front of your children, especially boys. I have done it myself when my kids are crying and say, don't cry. It's okay for them to cry. They're showing their emotions. They're showing their feelings. By telling them not to cry, I'm asking them to not show their feelings. 
I need to let them do that. Yes, a tantrum is different and we do need to help them rein that in and learn how to have some control around that. But just genuine crying for a reason that's completely valid or legitimate because no matter what it is, how they're feeling, so it is legitimate, we need to embrace that. And especially with boys, I still hear and see moms in some of these groups that will say, oh yeah, my grandfather said, don't be a sissy, don't cry. It doesn't even make sense. Piggybacking on that, validate their feelings. We need to validate, but also teach them how to gain control, how to be able to put themselves in a peaceful place, a happier place. I know I've mentioned this before, but I swear one of the best parents is Mrs. Tiger. Who's Mrs. Tiger? Mrs. Tiger is the mother of Daniel Tiger. You really do actually learn some good lessons. We still, and I talked about this in my episode with Sarah McLaughlin, and I will include that link too, because if you haven't listened to that episode, Sarah's fantastic. But we say, take a deep breath and count to four. And it's good for me too, because if I'm feeling impatient or frustrated, having them take those deep breaths helps me rein myself in as well. Express how you are feeling. It's unfair to the kids to ask them to tell me how they're feeling if I'm not willing to share that with them as well, to express my feelings. Going back right to number one again, teach by example. This is exactly how we do it. We teach by example. Respect their personal space. My son will say it because he does, both kids have their own room. He'll say, I need my space. I need to be alone. He's six years old. And you know what? Yeah, sometimes he needs to be alone. Sometimes my daughter needs to be alone. Sometimes my husband needs to be alone. I know that sometimes, maybe even a lot of the time, I need to be alone. That's okay. And if anything, that's a great characteristic because you're comfortable with yourself to be alone. You know that you need to regather, regroup. Try to be consistent. This is another one I'm an offender of as well. I try to be consistent. Sometimes I'm not. Something I'm still working on. Treat mental health with the same importance of physical health. Yes, yes, and yes to that one. I am a prime example of how my mental health has impacted my physical health. If I am dealing with extra anxiety or stress with type 1 diabetes, my blood sugar will go through the roof sometimes. It's because I'm having a hard time controlling it. This goes back similar about being an advocate, but be their person even when they don't realize it. Meaning set a relationship that they know no matter what, even if they're mad at you, frustrated with you, not talking to you, that you always have their back, that you're going to support them. Foster independence. Like when my son says, I need to be alone. Let him be independent. Let him make that choice. My daughter, she loves to dress herself. As long as she's not putting on shorts and a t-shirt in the middle of winter, as we are in Maine, when it's freezing, go for it. Have at it. My daughter, and I've said this more than once, that little girl has been cracking a nice egg since she's been about two years old. Did we have a few egg disasters? Of course we did. Do we all have a few egg disasters? 
Absolutely. But it's on the road of becoming more independent. Because don't we want our children, as they grow into adults, to be able to take care of themselves, to take care of their families, know who they are, have their own identity, make family time. Again, it's so easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of days and the crazy and the laundry and the sports. But family time is so important. Growing up, we had a family on our street. They were the best family. They were such good people. But Sundays were their family time. We always knew our friend, she would not be able to play with us on Sunday because Sunday they spent family time together. They nailed it. They had it exactly right. And now today, they are still a very close family. Say and enforce no when needed. I struggle with this one too. I want to be sure I'm not saying no just to say no. Sometimes it is so much easier just to say yes to end the conversation But if it's not what's in their best interest, physically, emotionally, mentally, yes, you have to say no and be consistent with it. So with all of that said, chances are, if you care, if you're concerned, you want to make sure you're being the best parent you can be or you're trying to be a good mom. If you care about it, chances are you're a pretty good mom because you care, you're aware of it. So moms, parents, be easy on yourself. My mantra, what mom treading water is about, is embracing our imperfections. None of us are perfect. None of us do everything right. And that's okay. And it is another thing we need to make sure we're showing our children. Explain to them, no, we are not perfect. That's right. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. By embracing that, acknowledging it, we're reducing Or making them aware they don't always have to tear themselves up. Because I still do it. Even on this journey and sharing this message, I absolutely still tear myself up if I don't do something perfect that I feel should have been perfect. And if you make a mistake with your child, let me rephrase that. When you make a mistake, because you will, as do all parents, own it. Own it. Apologize. Acknowledge it. See if there's something you can do to make it better. Ask them that and ask for their forgiveness because that is another way they're going to learn. And the truth is you should. Just because they're your child doesn't mean you shouldn't apologize if you did something wrong or you made a mistake. And if you can do something to make it better, you know, within reason, then maybe that needs to happen. It shows that you respect your child. And again, you're teaching them a valuable lesson how to ask for forgiveness and teaching them how to forgive and forgiving others is sometimes more about yourself than the other person. Holding on to anger is exhausting. When I was reading through the multitude of responses, I had one huge observation. And remember, these moms are at different phases of parenting, whether they have young children, adult children, teenagers, various stages. Not one mom, not one person said to be a good mom, you need to be perfect. No one. So like I said earlier, let me say it again. To be a good mom, you do not need to be perfect. No matter what you think in your head, no matter maybe judgments or responses you get from other people, you don't need to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect That's okay. That's what makes us human. 
thank you again for your time today. I appreciate the support and the understanding. I appreciate you embracing imperfections, especially mine, because again, golly gee, I've got a ton of them. If I could ask you again to please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share Mom Treading Water, I'd greatly appreciate it. If you have any suggestions, you can contact me through the website, which is momtreadingwater.com. I'll include that in the show notes. But thank you again for joining me today. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And until next time.